Hello and welcome to episode 118 of The Winning Agenda. My name is Jesse Marshall and joining me once again, all the way from Minnesota, Michael Boggs. Welcome back, Michael. Hey, thanks. It's good to be back. Yeah, and also joining us this week is the one and only Hollis Echo. How are you, Hollis? I made it. I finally made it. <laughs> it took me forever. Uh, so this is this may or may not be the first time that you've met Michael. We'll, we'll say that it is. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> we'll pretend. Yeah. Also joining us this week once again are Dave Hoyland and Wilfie Horrig. How are you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Uh, so we'll dive straight back in uh, where we left off last week, and we were last week we were talking about the MWL um, and Michael's approach to that. And we might just branch out a little more broadly now into tournaments, that is tournament metagames, how tournaments are run and what types of tournaments are run. Uh, we know that this isn't specifically all within your purview and that overlaps a lot with organized play, Michael. Um, but as a sort of the custodian of Netrunner in some ways within FFG, would you like to see more fan-run tournaments take place, things like the NRPC and do you see FFG as possibly having any role in supporting that, particularly in a Netrunner context? I, I think that uh, having fan-run tournaments is, is awesome. I think it's really cool for people to be able to come together and sort of play the game that they want to play it. Um, play the game the way they want to play it. But uh, I, don't, I, I, can't, I don't know for sure if FFG will have any sort of um, hand in that at all. I can't say yeah. one way or another. I, I I haven't heard anybody say anything, but I don't usually get a lot of information concerning that side of things. So um, I'm definitely on board with it, and and I think it'd actually be really cool to maybe join one of those myself. But uh, I, you know, I don't I don't know if it'll ever be officially supported or anything like that. Cool. Um, the other side of tournaments is obviously the the tournament metagame Once you get there, rather than who's running it or how it's being run, and What's your general approach to tournament metagames? What do you think a desirable tournament metagame looks like? You know, I think uh, having diversity is uh, is the most important thing. I think, you know, being able to go into a tournament and see a variety of decks, not just see the same two decks over and over and over, um, I think it's it's that's what most players want. They want to have the diversity. They want to have the surprise factor. They want to play against different things. So um, that's whenever I, I work toward tournament metagames, that's that's usually my main focus, making sure that there is a variety um, of, so of options there. taking the, the diversity uh, approach, does that just mean that there are different decks of different factions being played, like that there's a, an equal spread across the factions? Or does it? do you also sort of aim to see different factions have different options within them. For example, uh, Wayland being able to play a tag and bag strategy as well as a more glacery strategy and maybe a rush strategy or uh, Jinteki being able to play a net damage strategy or something that's purely about scoring out with no net damage. Is that the sort of diversity you mean or is it just different factions existing within the metagame? Oh no, de definitely, definitely the, the diversity even within the factions. I think like you know, if you if you go to a tournament and you see HB and Whalen and NBN and Jinteki, it's cool. But if everyone's just playing the same um, same deck within each faction, it's it's almost on the same level as just having you know two or three decks. So I think allowing a variety of options with within 
um, specific factions is is key. I think like you know having having players um, um, sort of face off against things that they're totally not expecting, and they're not they'll they'll only not be expecting those things if there is that variety. I think I think that's absolutely a must. So um, that's that's something I've been hard at work on trying to get that uh, that diversity in for the next next few cycles, and uh, we'll kind of see how that goes. Cool. Dave or Wilfie or Hollis, any follow-ups there? In terms of tournament metagames, um, we know that the sort of color balance or faction balance on both the corp and the runner side sort of um, wavers back and forth between being um, monocentric, like where there's one main deck on each of the sides, or one main deck of each faction that is strong, like we saw quite a centralized metagame in the sort of leading up to the Last Worlds, and at last the Last Worlds, where while there were multiple different identities, most of them were in NBN, just because of the saturation of strong cards that NBN had, and Anarch had to a slightly lesser extent. Um, when you're looking at ways to design of course you design so far in the future that's hard to um sort of work out what people what conclusions people will come to by the time the cards actually come out but how would you say like if nbn is strong now what sort of things would you what sort of steps would you take to look at the other factions like maybe would you try and increase the power level of the other factions would you try and print runner cards are especially good against NBN things, or uh, maybe that's not super on topic, but I just thought of it. No, no, that's that's totally fine. Um, I think that uh, usually when I, I, I you know, I think printing, printing cards that are against uh, one faction or one strategy, sometimes that's necessary, but what I think I would try first is maybe to offer um, other options for other factions. I think if NBN is doing really well, then it shows that they have some sort of advantage on, on some level. Um, I would need to figure out what that advantage is and figure out ways that, that the other corp factions can compete with them, um, and sort of, you know, keep up on the same level as them. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think there are actually a lot of different avenues to go, but I, I think sort of, Upping the power level, I don't know if that's necessarily... I think sometimes it is that, but at the same time, you don't want to create like a power creep situation where things are just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, but I think like... I think if, if other factions are to be viable, or even play styles within specific factions are, are to be viable, I think there needs to be um, sort of different... There needs to be more puzzle pieces to sort of fit into those places you need you need to you need to be able to uh tie everything together um and if if certain strategies aren't working or if certain factions aren't working then they obviously don't have the pieces that they need to 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 work properly so uh figuring those out and and offering those up um that's that's how i i imagine would be the best way to go i think that's a really great analogy it's really refreshing to hear a designer talk about it like that because it's certainly what it feels like as a player when you've got a card pool in front of you. Sure, and I, you know, I think I think whenever I think players are really good at finding 
the most efficient and powerful deck there is. Uh, and once you found that, like, uh, at your kitchen table, you might want to test out other things, but in a competitive setting, there's no reason to test out other stuff. If you know that there's a deck that's going to do really well, why would you play something else? So um, if if players are only playing one thing, then that kind of shows that it's it's a fault of the designer, that there there aren't the, the options that there needs to be. Um, and so, you know, figuring out what, what the options, what options there should be available sometimes is, is pretty difficult to do. But I think talking to players and, and staying connected with the community, um, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas, really, really good ideas for, for how to make certain, um, archetypes viable. Um, and, and I think there are solutions out there. You just, I got to be willing to, to find them. Um, Dave, go. Um, this is slightly off topic, but you've mentioned a couple of times this week and last week about um, wanting to kind of stay engaged with the Netrunner community and get their feedback on things. So I, I guess I just wanted to ask how you kind of see yourself kind of doing that. How, how do you see yourself kind of finding out what the community think? Uh, I would like to, I mean, I'm on a, quite a few Facebook pages, um, and I've been meaning to join more over the last week or so. Uh, the uh, I had a I had a um, a restriction on my Facebook there for a while. I was locked out of joining oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was that. finally lifted. Oh, it's gone now. That's yeah, funny. it was such a weird thing. Um, Your spam bot. But uh, also, well, yeah, they, I I think I think that's exactly what it was. I don't I don't know. I I guess I just need to slow down how many groups I join. Um, but I haven't. I've just I've been. I've been focused on other things, and I, I honestly haven't taken the time to get on Facebook and, and sort of uh, sort of interface as much as I would have liked to here recently. But I think I, you've I, been uh, on about uh, ten thousand f- podcasts in the last week, so I don't think recently yeah, is too much of an issue. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's I've been trying to go on a lot of those because I think you know I think talking with with people who run podcasts, you guys, um, you know, the other ones that I, I've been on, like it's. It's a great way to sort of um, hear what what people have to say as a whole. Mm-hmm. I think usually, you know, you guys are really well connected with the community, um, and and being able to go on there and, and sort of let people listen to what I'm thinking about the game, and then in response, I can sort of like see how they how they feel about that. I, that's that's been wonderful so far, and, and I plan to do that as much as possible going forward. Um, I'd like to do some AMAs down the line on Reddit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just just staying connected in whatever way that I can is is probably what I'm going to do. Like I'll, except for Twitter, <laughs> I don't do a lot of Twitter. Um, I've said before that I'll, I'll do Twitter if people really want me to. I every time I get on Twitter, I just just log off five <laughs> seconds later. So I think that's the only one that. Um, but it's I don't have anything against Twitter. I think I don't know. It's just I've just never. Never really used it all that much. Um, but everything else, everything else aside from Twitter, cool. I'm totally on. Uh, I guess following up from the the tournament metagame balancing perspective, um, a lot of people, particularly since the political assets came out in the Mombad cycle, have talked about this concept of negative player experiences, and that's become part of the Netrunner lingo. Uh, particularly, it seems to re- revolve around decks that are extreme in some way that the the strategy pulls the game away from the core make runs get past ice access cards towards things like asset spam prison locks where the runners clicks are all 
essentially mandatory in order for them to stay alive um, or that they can't make runs at all or combo decks that such as uh, railgun with accelerated diagnostics boom um, when the metagame becomes too much about those sorts of decks uh, people seem to find that quite a negative thing and someone who i'm sure you know quite well from minnesota abram jop talked about the concept in a recent article as being <laughs> when things are too spicy um that spice is good but it should be a small component of the overall flavor of the game and i think that was a really really good analogy for understanding people's gripe with that i guess um do you do you agree with that analogy firstly sounds like you do and and how would you like to see that um the metagame develop so that things don't become too spicy and do you have a sort of strategy for managing that uh, yeah, I actually I've I've talked with with Abram quite a bit about about various topics like this. Um, I think that you know there needs to be the reason that people spam assets and the reason that people make prison style decks is because those are the ones that are the most dominant. Those are the ones that are the most viable. Um, if there are other options that players can choose, if there are other um, play styles that they can that they can uh, pick from, then I I think. Um, people are going to go down that route. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned earlier too, maybe making assets slightly, uh, less expensive to trash, um, maybe giving more cards that help you deal with things like that. I I think those are important, but I think at the end of the day, like players are going to continue to play the decks that are, uh, the most powerful. And if that's a negative play experience for the other player, well, too bad. This is what I have at hand. This is the best option for me. This is what I'm going to play. You're not going to play something that that is going to uh, make you lose. You, you you're going to play yeah. the most powerful thing. So, um, I think taking care of that, the the spiciness, the 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 best way to do that is to just give people other avenues that they can take. Give them other routes and and make sure that there are. Uh, more viable play options. I don't want to totally kill prison decks, but at the same time, that sh- they shouldn't be as nearly as powerful as they are. So, um, mm. but the reason they're so powerful is because there's nothing else on the corpse side to really compete with them. The assets, bam, the prison stuff, combo decks, like the, those are the ones that are just that that are very very intense right now. So, uh, I think figuring out other ways to make other decks potent is, um, I think that's that's a key component. Um, and just keeping an eye on the cards that are that are sort of allowing those decks to stay powerful is is also really important. That's a really refreshing answer, and I think it touches on a lot of the implicitly touches on a lot of the topics we've spoken about earlier in terms of agenda design and the the drawbacks of trying to score those larger agendas, therefore pushing you towards the smaller agendas, pushing you towards. Uh, pushing corpse particularly towards finding other ways to win the game other than building a remote and scoring agendas out of it which is just the highest variance uh least efficient way of winning the game (laughs) in a lot of tournament settings so yeah i mean it's it's fantastic to hear you talking about giving players the cards to build those sorts of decks in a way that they do work because that would be a fantastic thing for the game i think i appreciate that yeah I, I, I agree. I, I really hope that, that, you know, people will enjoy that because I, I, I want there to be as many 
options to play the game as as there can be. Um, so yeah. if somebody wants to stick to asset spam, that should be okay. It, I don't want to take away asset spam or anything like that, but that should not be the only thing. So I'm 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 glad that you're glad to hear that, and I hope Dave other people like are as well. Sounds like he's glad to hear that too. Yeah, I'm very much so. I think <laughs> that uh... <laughs> we're all glad. We're all glad right now. What were you going to say, Dave? Um, I was just going to say that um, th- these sort of decks are ha- have always probably been kind of in the meta, especially asset spam and combo, um, and I think they're really good for the game. Uh, I'm sure some people will disagree with me. Um, I think that the only time they're a problem is when they're everywhere. Um, that's what people dislike. Yeah. Um, especially things like Prison, where I guess... Because it's, as it's a prison deck, you know your choices are restricted, and therefore it's less fun. Um, but certainly, combo and asset spam, I think, are probably less problematic um, mm. as long as they're not overly dominant. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, I think I think you know restricting. I actually I used to to run a, a Gagarin deck that was sort of prisony. Um, I'd run. Uh, I had bioethics. I had um, what, what's the uh, the uh, hostile infrastructure and um, the HB one that makes things more expensive to trash. I'm blanking on uh, encryption, uh, encryption yeah. protocol. Yeah, yeah, that one. So I'd run them all together, and it was a pretty good deck. But I lost a lot with it. That might be because I'm a terrible player, but it also I think it was just one of those decks that was really hard to set up there for a long time. Um, but as more and more cards have come out and as combos, you know, have worked better together than before, like it's the, you know, a prison is not always the most fun for the other player, but I don't think it should completely be abolished. Like it should be an option, but it should not be as nearly as potent as it is right now. There should definitely be a lot more out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I hope moving forward that we can we can definitely get that that variety in there and, and allow players to sort of start exploring other things than just those those deck types. One of the card types that we haven't really focused on today, which we in the past at the winning agenda have talked a lot about, is ice. Um, particularly the if you look at prison asset spam and uh, combo one thing that those three decks tend to have in common is that they don't play a lot of ice and their strategies don't rely on ice. And given that ice is such a large part of corporation card pool and corporation strategy in general, what that says to me following along from your logic in earlier answers is that ice probably aren't still quite good enough. Certainly not good enough to be better than not playing ice um, and playing those other strategies instead. Um, Do you think... Do you have any, before I get into a specific question about, about ice design, do you have any general thoughts about ice and ice design from your perspective and how it could change? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I would agree that especially some of the older ice definitely was not up to par with where it probably should be. I think some of the newer ice that's, that's started to come out and is coming out relatively soon. I think some of that ice is actually going to, going to change, um, sort of that uh, perception of... Because, you know, ice usually typically costs not all that much to break unless it's a huge, expensive piece. It's usually three or four on average, some even less than that. Um, and if you can use those deck slots to throw out an asset that the runner has to take care of, or if they can't, you get a ton of resources off of, you're usually going to pick that. Um, I'm hoping that moving forward, if there are a few more 
tweaks to sort of how assets are, I'm hoping that that will make ice a little more viable in that you suddenly have to protect these assets. I need these assets for my deck to work efficiently, but I can't just throw all of them out there um, in naked servers. Like, they need some protection. So uh, I think there's there's actually sort of a balance there. Like, you, you don't include the ice in your deck because you don't need to really protect anything all that much. But as soon as you have to start protecting stuff, you're going to start including more ice. Um, and I think upping the numbers on ice just a little bit, kind of tweaking them in the opposite way of assets, making them just a little more potent than they have been traditionally, I, I think will also help things a lot. Um, because, you you know, ice ice need to be a huge part of corp strategy. I mean, that's, that's kind of their whole point is to protect their things and to keep the runner out as much as they can. So... If if the ice isn't isn't um, working on the level that it needs to, then then something has to change somewhere. One thing that's surprised me was Cipher, to be honest, um, because I felt like ice design was getting uh, going in a really great direction. Things like Fairchild Three. We spoke to Damon about this when we did our interview at Worlds, just about how much that card sort of signaled a new approach to ice design that we thought was really welcome and then and dna tracker as well and then you sort of had cypher which blanks those cards it sort of says well your ice is zero strength i can kill it anyway so the strength is irrelevant you as a court make this upfront investment and then i can just for for very little cost negate that um and negate its impact on me cypher particularly do you see that as being something that's deserving of MWL attention or needs to be taken out of the game to free ice up again to have a role? Uh, <laughs> Cypher is a very, very potent card indeed. Um, and I, I, I do, no, I, I totally agree that it, that it kind of, uh, um, it's, it's sort of doing a job that doesn't necessarily need to be done. Um, I, I think it's one of those cards. If it goes on the MWL, people should not be surprised because it's it's certainly above the power curve, and um, it's I think uh, right now it's doing more damage uh, than good. But I think as more cards are released and some new strategies become available with uh, some stuff in Red Sands, um, I, I don't think it'll be as detrimental as, as it currently is so okay. um it's something that you know with whenever the next mwl update comes along um it's it's something i've thought about it's such a new card that i'm sort of hesitant to put it on but at the same time like i don't want it breaking the game um but i i don't think it'll it'll i don't think it'll break the game forever i, th- I think it'll definitely be one of those things that's that's really strong right now uh, but as more options come along like it'll It'll sort of mellow out a little bit, um, yeah. but I agree that that ice ice in general needs to be sort of more uh, more prevalent. And I, I you know, I, I don't know. I think having cipher out there is not the worst thing ever. But I think like maybe it could have come out a little bit later and sort of let things balance out around it first. I, I think more than anything, it's just sort of a bad timing type of thing. Okay. Um, the other question about ice design that I had before I throw over to Hollis, who looks like he's eager to ask a question, is um, should ice subroutines be more decision intensive, do you think? We've sort of seen a few ice subroutines that aren't just do a printed effect. Things like Fairchild 3's last subroutine, that there's a decision for the runner, but there's potentially scope to also have 
corpse make decisions, um, such as Aaron Boy or other effects that are even more complex than that. Do you think that a resolved subroutine on a piece of ice should be more of a decision-intensive point in a game than it currently is? Yeah, I, I do. I think I think um, you know subroutines have traditionally been been treated as um, really just as additional numbers on the ice. Um, if if the if the runner hits them, there might be a negative effect that happens, but I would say eighty ninety percent of the time. They're just going to treat it like they would strength. It's just another cost that they have to pay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think having really, really um, deep subroutines that, that have deep decisions are, are uh, I think that's very important. I think it's an interesting design space, um, and I think there's a lot to explore there. Cool. Hollis, you're up next. Uh, well, I mean, so my question is actually pretty simple. It's, it's not in the same vein, however, I, I don't I don't believe. Um, but it kind of harkens back to something that uh, Jesse and Dave were mentioning as far as like uh, getting information about the game and sort of having this uh, connection with the community. So if you if you recall, you know, maybe I want to say three years ago, FFG had something uh, very similar or something called the, um, oh, goodness, it was the... The Kronos Protocol? Plugged, plugged into, into it, it yeah. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, or, or the, uh, the Kronos Protocol. And of course... At that time, it was a really great way for us, you know, to meet members of the, uh, of the FFG, um, workspace to, uh, you know, kind of get a sense of where you guys, uh, your passion for the game, but also we got a chance to vote on a car that gets implemented into the game. Um, just, uh, we, um, it was an example of you guys sharing this, like, design concept with us. Now, while there's, there's a very good chance we may not see another plugged in tour or another Kronos project, there's a lot of, uh, one of the things that's really popular with you guys is just, you know, the actual, uh, promo reprints that you guys give. Uh, I know that I'm personally a huge fan of some of the cards that you choose, but there's also some cards that I'm not very excited about that they get printed as promos. Has there ever been any, like, thoughts about maybe, um, asking the members of the community? Maybe, you know, hey, what's a card you guys love or you enjoy playing with, um, that you want to see printed? As a, uh, as a, as a promotional card in a future, like, game, game night kit. Actually, to add on top of that, I know that generally there's, like, a collection of data that's given. For example, uh, if I recall back in last year, in 2016, I know that, um, not only FFG, but members of the Netrunner community had kind of created a list of the most popular cards that are commonly played in decks. Um, so in addition to the, what do you think about letting players vote on what card to become promos? Is there, what do you think about possibly also looking at existing data showing the most popular cards and then making the promo card kind of be a choice based on that information? Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, I, I haven't really heard that mentioned at all. Um, and that would, that would be something that's under organized play. But, um, if I had any sort of say in that at all, I'm, I'd totally be on board for letting the community decide. Um, you know, I, 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 definitely have seen a few I, I think i might know a couple of the cards that you're talking about just some ones that are like it's really cool art but it's just not a card that you are necessarily the most um wanting to play so i think uh yeah it's it that's that's a cool idea um i could i could sort of pass it along and, and see what other people think about it it's not something i'd be able to decide at the end of the day but um i could definitely advocate for it yeah i think those um seeing as ffg sort of does it anyway like they already produce the promos a little bit of extra community engagement might just be a free kick i guess in, in that case yeah sure 
Yeah, I think that it would definitely be good for for everybody. Um, so it's yeah, I'll I'll see what others think around the around cool. the office. Uh, Dave, did you have a, another question on a similar vein? Um, not off the top of my head. Give me a minute. No? Oh, okay, sorry, that's all right. Uh, I'll go on to the next one, which is, uh, Michael, moving on to a slightly different topic now, and that is future releases. We know that you're very constrained in terms of what you can talk about. I'm sure you're very excited for Terminal Directive, which is coming out very soon, as much as we are. But do you see there being a future for big boxes in Netrunner? Uh, are there any plans to deal with big boxes as entities within Netrunner in terms of Will they ever rotate? Will they be replaced? Will there be future big boxes? Uh, will all future big box releases be special things like Terminal Directive? Can you give us sort of any clarity or insight into that at all? Um, to be honest, I've, I've talked a bit about that. I can't comment so much on it. I'll say that it's, it's something that's been discussed a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's something that uh, people just have to wait and see. I no, apologize right. for not being able to say more, but it's uh, yeah, it's 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 something we've discussed okay, quite a bit. Cool. I think we'll all um, no doubt it will depend a little bit as well on how terminal directive is received and how that all pans out. So sure, yeah, sure it'll be. Yeah, I think uh, I'm very excited for that one, and I think people really enjoy it. But that's that will definitely help things along. If it, if it does really well, then there's a very very good chance that people can expect more things like that and just for clarity because i'm not sure i've seen this question answered is terminal directive going to be classed as a big box in terms of rotation or will it rotate like a cycle um you know to be honest i i don't know the answer to that question off the okay. top of my head <laughs> i would have to discuss that with someone i haven't i haven't had that specific conversation yet um yeah i i think don't uh, don't quote me on this but i i think it'll just it'll just stick around it'll just stick around it's not going to rotate out um, but I'd have to have that that specific conversation more in depth. I, I don't know for sure. I apologize. No worries. For that. And another question from one of our Patreon supporters. We've sort of Patreon supporters. Thank you for submitting all your questions. We've we've worked them into a lot of the questions we've already asked. But this specific one sort of comes off the back of that, which is a lot of the big box identities from the earlier big boxes may not have taken off quite as much as others. Uh, you know, some of the ones from Creation and Control come to mind, but there are certainly others along the way as well. Uh, um, Honor and Profit, a lot of the Genteki IDs have never quite taken off from there. Do you see there being space in future cycles for releasing cards that specifically support the strategies of those identities from big boxes, since they are going to be around forever, presumably? Uh, where their strategies, as you say, haven't quite been fleshed out, and in your early answers to your early questions, you know, why aren't people playing them because the cards just aren't there to support their strategies? Is that something that you might give some thought to, to giving them some of those cards they need? Completely. I, th I think uh, looking at, at things in the core set, looking at things in the big boxes, those are, those are great um, sort of focal points for where the design needs to land. Um, you know, especially with the big boxes, those identities and, and each one, they're very... I would argue that those are some of the most defining identities. They do... Um, they just they just do the things that that identity should do 
well. And but the identities don't always do those things well because they don't have the pieces that they need. So um, yeah, moving forward, uh, people can expect to see things support for that. Um, or support support for more specific identities, support for more specific play styles that those identities are tailored to, um, and it's it's those are those are things that I'm constantly looking at and thinking about because they're very um, they you know they kind of give me a, a springboard more or less from where the design should go. Awesome, Wilfie, Hollis, Dave, any any final questions before we wrap up? Um, so. This is hopefully a very simple question for you, just because I don't really understand kind of the FFG kind of setup, which is um, how big is kind of the development team who work on Netrunner? Kind of what's the setup? How does it work? Um, just interested to know kind of you know how how Netrunner is set up at FFG really. Uh, so I'm the I'm the main developer on Netrunner. Um, usually when when people talk about my position they say like the lead designer and the lead developer that is sort of accurate but sort of inaccurate at the same time um i i at the end of the day i'm an lcg developer i work for fantasy flight i work in their lcg department i could be put on any lcg at any time they could i could come in on monday and they'd be like oh now you're working on this or now you're working on that um but i was hired specifically because of my my knowledge uh, of Netrunner, um, so you know when I'm there in the department, I I focus primarily on Netrunner, but I help sort of everyone with everything, and it's kind of the same way. Everybody in the LCG department helps me with Netrunner. Um, so at any given time, there's roughly ten people on the project, but I'm the one that sort of focuses on it the most. I'm the one that runs the playtest, that takes the feedback. I'm the one that sort of interfaces with the community. Um, I, I'm the one that primarily designs the cards, but there are a lot of um, points throughout throughout the whole development process where I meet with the other developers. We talk about the direction of whatever I'm working on. We talk about you know how to best um, get to the design goals that that I'm trying to hit. Uh, we talk about you know potential strategies that might be broken and how to fix those and blah blah blah. Um, so it's sort of a, I don't know, it's, it's a very different system than I've ever been a part of, because um, I have a focus, but I've also, I'm also a part of like a larger team, and I'm kind of on everything else, and then everybody else is doing the same thing. Um, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm primarily Netrunner with a lot of support behind me. Okay. And how do you link in with organized play, or is that quite a limited kind of interaction? Uh, it, it, yeah, organized play, um, they sort of take care of all of the LCG, you know, play stuff. Um, I stay in contact with them pretty regularly. I, I, you know, I tell them when I think the MWL needs updated and changes that we need to make. Um, and sometimes I'll do things with tournaments and whatnot, but, uh, by and large, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, um, really part of their department. I kind of, uh, I interface with them a lot, but... Um, I'm not really, I don't really have any say necessarily in, in what goes on there. I do have, you know, they come to me for a lot of suggestions and things. Um, and, you know, they, they listen well when I, whenever I, I, I um, have thoughts or ideas or whatever. But at the end of the day, most of the decisions concerning that stuff is, is totally theirs. And I, I'm only kind of along for the ride on that. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Wilfie, you're up. 
my question is it's uh was uh sent to me actually um what's the bogs beanie meta like what sort of <laughs> do you have a favorite beanie um do you have does your beanie depend on any situation <laughs> do, do you have a couple of beanies that you rotate through or just take us through your selection criteria and maybe if you could tie it into netrunner as well that would be good uh okay well this is an important question <laughs> if if i had to tie my beanie into netrunner my my beanie is very much the uh the i don't know think of the most dominant prevalent deck that you can think of that's ever existed throughout the the history of netrunner um i don't know maybe andy sucker was really powerful for a long time or any uh-huh. of the i i only wear one beanie i have one maroon <laughs> beanie i love this thing i've had this thing for years i got it when i first went to korea a friend bought it for me and uh she actually bought two for me i lost one of them and this was the one that i i kept which was good because i liked it more um but i've just always anytime it like gets below a, a certain degree mark I, I i wear my beanie like it's uh, it's pretty much on my head constantly um i uh yeah it's i i don't know this it's it's it stays on me probably six months out of the year um and then the other six months my head just feels naked the whole time um, wow so it's yeah, the opposite the of what meta. you want the netrunner meta to look like it's, it's completely the opposite <laughs> it's yeah totally totally the opposite this disgusting old beanie is nothing should look like this at all but <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I love this thing. So, but yeah, what the whatever this is, I want the netrunner to or want the netrunner meta to be totally just polar opposites as much as it as much as it can be. As a fellow Beanie fanatic, Dave, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, all about the source of uh, power. You know, that's how. Oh um, yeah, it really Scott- is. Yeah, that's how he's got so far in uh, his uh, design world. That's why I'm such a good netrunner player. You should all wear beanies. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> I totally That's When I don't have my beanie on, I basically just wander around like a zombie. Like, just for six months, I just don't I don't have any sort of like mental energy. It's it's my cap of power. It's a wizard without his wand, his or her yeah, exactly. wand. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is a bog without his beanie. Uh, all right. Uh, on that note, I think we might wrap up. Thank you so much, Michael, for being a part of our conversations over the past couple of weeks. We've really, (laughs) really enjoyed having you on. Um, It's been great to speak to you and to get some more of your thoughts about the game and your design philosophy. Uh, If if anyone wants to get in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter at Winning Agenda. You can check us out on Facebook at The Winning Agenda. You can check us out on Patreon if you want to chuck some support our way at www.patreon.com slash thewinningagenda. And if you want to send us an email, you can do so to thewinningagenda at gmail.com. Thank you, Michael, for coming on. We hope you've enjoyed having a chat to us. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a blast. Thank you guys for so much for having me. No worries. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Catch you later, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Let's see you guys.